Welcome to the Confident Speaker Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly D. Parker, speaker, consultant, and self-proclaimed introvert who stumbled upon the cheat code to captivate audiences and command any room. Each week on this show, I'll share tips and tools to inspire you to communicate with power, charisma, and awaken your most confident self. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to episode 19 of the Confident Speaker Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. Listen, let me ask you a question. Are you an introvert? Are you the type of person that tends to focus on your inner thought activity and gets a little bit drained by social interactions at times? If you are, I get it because I'm right there with you. And sometimes we're misidentified as being shy or antisocial when a lot of times that's not really the case. It's just that it doesn't take much for us to need to go to our quiet place and recharge alone. So things like small talk can be a little bit difficult for us. But worry no more because I am bringing you today the king of connection himself, Stan Pearson II. And today he is schooling us all on how to make small talk, not small talk, but an opportunity to create an authentic, meaningful connection. Stan Pearson II is an award-winning speaker, celebrity mindset consultant, and virtual engagement expert that believes in the power of creating authentic connection. He's been featured on Yahoo Finance, NBC, ABC, and numerous national TV outlets as a leading expert. And what he shares during the course of our conversation is how he's been able to use small talk as a way to create authentic connections that have upgraded his life and business. Plus, he shares how you and I can do the same. Stan was so fun and easy to talk to, even for an introvert like me. So I'm excited to get to share our chat with you. Today's episode is brought to you by my Fierce and Fearless Speaking Academy. This is my high-level coaching intensive that teaches entrepreneurs and professionals how to conquer their fear of public speaking. You will learn how to present with confidence, captivate audiences, and command any room. If you're ready to learn the nuts and bolts of delivering an unforgettable keynote, workshop, or even virtual talk, contact me today at info at kellydparker.com. And now, here's my conversation with Stan Pearson. Stan Pearson II, how are you today? Fantastic, and how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Um, you come highly recommended, and I tell you, I've become a quick fan because um, I just love what you have to say. I'll just put it that way. Um, I know that you're somebody who values mindset, who values showing up in your full self 24-7. And that is, you know, right up my alley. So let Mm. us know about who you are, your background, and what you do. Thank you again for uh, sharing me on your platform. It it means a lot, especially on your journey and and being the mover and the shaker that you are. So officially from Chicago, right outside of Chicago, I've lived a little bit of everywhere, overseas. Spain, Mexico, addition to Canada, then obviously brought to Atlanta via Los Angeles and Texas, but Atlanta is probably going to be more permanent home now. I've uh, been married for three years now. I have a two-year-old named uh, 
Trey, Baby Stan, affectionately known as a number of other things as well. An undergraduate degree in, degree in Spanish, which isn't always expected. And I earned my MBA and have been speaking full time, well, professionally for a little over 15 years and full time coming up on 15 years. And along that way, just kind of understanding you know, what it means to connect with people in an authentic way and boost virtual business along the way as well. So all those things have kind of, in a collective way, have driven me towards making sure folks understand the power of mindset and what that can lead to. Oh, that is good. Love that. Well, you have such a colorful background and you've lived all over and I am sitting here in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm actually in the same house that I grew up in in this moment. I don't live here. but. Is that right? Yes. Not, like I said, I don't live here, but right now I am sitting here. So you've been all around the world and I've been sitting still. <laughs> Simple is good. Simple is good. I like it. <laughs> right, right. So I'm assuming you would consider yourself a people person, as in you connect with people pretty easily. Yes, for sure. For sure. Okay. I, sometimes I think maybe a gift and a curse, but yeah, I'd say that. Okay. Is that something that you feel like you were born with or you grew into it? I do think I was born into that. Now, what's interesting with the pandemic taking place, I feel like I'm like, yo, am I an, an, an extroverted introvert? Like, because I found that I've been okay with, you know, a misconnection, it, obviously in person, but I've really been okay just being, you know, a little bit more confined or in closed quarters. But I've always, you know, been comfortable talking to strangers or, being around people or kind of feeling them out myself from what I understand as a, a super tiny person. And, uh, but then I realized it's getting older, there could be an art form to it. And so perfecting, not just talk to people, just to talk to them, but talking to them with uh, being intentional about conversations that shifted as I got older. Yeah. That's interesting how, you know, they say most people are some sort of mix of introversion and extroversion, right? Um, So that's interesting that, you know, in these different circumstances, it's kind of bringing out this kind of different side of you. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I got a a quick recommendation and I think I called more attention to this a few years back. I read this book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, How to Lose Your Mind and Create a New One by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And uh, in that again, help me go, oh, and it was before all this stuff happened. But I think just the the notion of understanding, being patient and getting to know yourself a little more every day and evolving kind of helps put us all in a a fresh state of mind more regularly than we normally be. Yeah, that's an awesome recommendation. I'll make sure and link that in my show notes. So you guys go to kellydparker.com forward slash podcast and make sure to include the link to that book. That's great. You know, you mentioned that you easily talk to strangers. (laughs) So (laughs) let me just if if I could just share my personal testimony, my personal testimony is a little little different. Okay. Um, I would rather mop the ocean. Then talk to a stranger. I'm just going to be honest. I feel like I could be real. I would, I would rather tap dance on the telephone pole than talk to strangers. Okay. Now I can get up in front of a room full of people and light it up on a stage. Not a problem, but there is something about that social interaction that for me, since I've been a, a child, it's been awkward. Like I feel very unsure of myself. 
Um, yeah. I'll become preoccupied with how I'm being perceived by all mm. of the things. So when I hear you talk about that, I'm like, and I think there are others out there like me in America, in the world, you know, um, where it's just not our thing. Maybe, maybe we just don't like it. You know, some of us, we appreciate our inner thought process more than engaging somebody we don't really know. But I feel like sometimes we, to your point about, I don't remember how you put it, but sometimes you have to go to that next level beyond what's comfortable for you or comes naturally to you to really be that best version of yourself. Right. And so I'm just at a point in my life where I'm like, I can't remain in my shell all the time. Like where are we going to get doing it that way? So on your end, you know, what's been the way that your life has been enhanced from being able to connect with folks? Like who are some of the people you've been able to connect with because you know how to connect? So I, uh, uh, Shaq, uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, um, Jerry Greenfield, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, yeah. but Jerry Greenfield, the co-founder of, and uh, of Ben and Jerry's and able to connect with him on a personal level where he was like, I'm it's great. Thank you for helping and being a part of this by willing to overcome said fear or preconceived notion to connect on a higher level than other folks were in a position to. And obviously outside of, you know, human beings in general, from a celebrity standpoint, Ice-T and Coco and uh, Hal Elrod, uh, he's now releasing something called uh, The Miracle Morning, the the documentary of The Miracle Morning. And he's like, in terms of morning routines, I would say he's kind of like the Michael Jordan of those things. And a lot of folks, I can't really, you know, recall all of them. But I, I do think that it has a, so much to do with just being willing. And that's a question that folks have to ask themselves because sometimes it was, let's say, a contact that I was willing to be vulnerable and ask for an opportunity to put me just in a place where those folks might be. And now when I'm in the place where they are, well, okay, now this is on you. So it's kind of like having that connect and uh, making, hopefully making that connect happy that they put me in a place with those folks. So a, a number of folks and that, I'd like to think that that's also directly related to, from a financial standpoint, what my business is able to do and what it's done. Like there's been, even during this pandemic time, there's been growth in my business. Uh, it, it hasn't been stagnant. And that's something that I was worried, like I was terrified, like most people, especially business owners, when all this started officially in March, and that was like, I was on a plane, I was in LA. I'm like, yeah, this seems pretty serious, but I was probably be fine. Then I landed back in Atlanta. Everybody had on masks on like, yeah, yeah, we're not talking to anybody. And my calendar was blank. Yeah. You know? So anyway, long story short, it's, uh, it's helped quite a bit. Just being willing to connect if nothing else, building the confidence after meeting people and knowing like, they're not much, their bank account may be different than mine. Right. <laughs> but outside of that, we're not very different at all. What I'm hanging on that you said was being willing to be vulnerable. <sighs> and I find, you know, somebody with my temperament, a lot of times I'm like, you know, what? I'm a grown up now. I don't have to do things I don't want to do. <laughs> right. That's perfect. Actually. Right. I don't want to go to the networking event. I'm not going to be comfortable. I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not turning on my camera on the Zoom call. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But 
when I'm like in that thought process, I'm I'm the one missing out on the opportunities because I'm not willing to be vulnerable. And I and I love that. And c- congratulations on your success in such this challenging time. But you're stepping up to the plate. So I think that's such an encouragement. Appreciate that. And if I if I may, if you don't mind, like being I've done. I've been much better about, let's say, being intentional and I'll be a little silly, but let's say when I met my wife, when we were, we met at a club uh, called the Velvet Room here in Atlanta. But when I saw her, I, you know, some folks would go to the club and they like, they got their eyes on everybody. Oh, they're they, they everywhere in here. Oh my goodness. Like, this is a buffet in here. Right? right. I saw her and I'm like, I'm focused. Right now, long story short, we, we lost each other and came back to be, but I remember that night. I was in, I was intentional. So even today, when we talk about again networking events or going to places, I'm super in like there's very few things are random. And if they do, if they are random, then I make them intentional. Right. And I think sometimes if we're going in and it's kind of like, oh, we'll see what happens. It's like, nah, who's gonna be there? Okay, why are they gonna be there? All right, no problem. So it's I'm not fishing for a bunch of different things. Like I'm going in, I kind of know what I'm looking for. I'm being intentional about when folks may ask me questions. And certainly once I engage someone, I'm extremely intentional about what I ask and how I approach them. So then they begin to create more conversation than I even prepared for. And I think that's a secret in connecting with folks, even as an introvert. It's like putting yourself in a position where they're now seeking you out to stick around versus no, 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 please stay here. But asking questions that make folks want to be close to you. Yeah. I want you to unpack that a little bit more. Um, I want to share this quote with you and I want to get your, your feedback on it. So this is a quote from a lady named Diane Cameron. And I was like, okay, this lady gets my life. She said, introverts crave meaning. So party chit chat feels like sandpaper to our (sighs) psyche. But yeah, 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 yeah. She gets my life. So I'm thinking about what you're saying about intention. And I'm thinking about what she's saying about, you know, introverts looking for meaning. So how how are the ways that we can transition those small talk moments from being not small talk, but this opportunity for an intentional, meaningful interaction? Uh, Amazing quote. Great question. I do my best to in these moments or in those moments control the narrative, control the conversation. One thing why social media is so huge is because people get to control their narrative. They get to control what people see, how they see it. So they don't want someone, don't want to take a picture when they don't have all their makeup done, right? It's, that's narrative, right? But from a control standpoint in a conversation, if I can, if I can lead it, well, then I'm, I'm in my comfort zone. So let's say if me and you meet for the first time, I love your earrings, your hair, your shoes. Like I do a scan. These are great things. What I want to know more about. Okay, the, the, the jacket. Sure, what, I love your jacket. That's really nice. Boom. Most people like a compliment is a gift. Most people love receiving gifts. Even if you're like, I wonder what that compliment is all about. You're immediately engaged. You're probably smiling because I told you something nice about yourself. Oh, my mom or dad, my sister, whatever got me this. Oh, that's that's amazing. That's cool. Boom. Now the conversation. Now you're now you're here. Right. Most folks don't just leave. Now there's feels like there's uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, there's reciprocity there because a compliment has been given and that's where the engagement begins. So I usually, and for me, it's an, an authentic compliment or thought that I have also in knowing the name. I've been pretty good throughout my life and then learning later on just ways of 
knowing people's names. I, if I'm in a fast food place and I see your name tag, I'm using it. I'm using, I'm calling you by your name from the very beginning. And I would dare, I literally think less than 10% of people do that, whether it be just in passing or heck my, the, the folks that deliver my mail, Miss Benita and, and Jennifer, like knowing those folks, my guards, man, Dion, you know, sorry, Dewan, like those folks, like just it, making it a constant practice. So it's not something that I'm trying to do. It's just something that I do. And the moment people know, you know, their name, they're in, they're in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try that. I, yeah. I am your first student today, sir. <laughs> I am taking all of the notes. I will be implementing ASAP. So thank you for that. So here's the thing. Awesome. Here, here's the thing. Here's how that will probably go for me. Okay. So <laughs> let's say I meet somebody and I pick up on their name. I say their name. I say, Hey, I like that watch. Da, 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 da. And then there's like this awkward lull in the conversation. Like I have now run out of the things and there's more time left than I have words. Right. So, mm. or for instance, you know, we're all virtual now. Let me tell you something. The the for me the only thing worse than small talk is a virtual small talk. <laughs> Let me tell you, it is live and well. You mess around and get on a Zoom meeting, and you're person one or person two. What are you gonna do? You got to have virtual small talk, right? And you got to keep it going until person three gets on, and they're taking their sweet time. So you said the name, you said the compliment, and now you got nothing left but time. So in, in a moment like that, how do you manage the, you know, the time? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I would ref, let's say, refer to comedy. Something that makes things funny is calling attention to the obvious. Right? Think about any comedian that you know, they say things, maybe they're inappropriate, or whatever, but it's, it's obvious, so it makes it funny. Most, you know, the layman or the everyday person is afraid to call attention to what is clearly obvious when the obvious thing is what will create more conversation, right? So it's like, uh, I know it's just us two. Like, what should we talk about? I hate when this happens. Oh, you know, this happened to me last time I was in a meeting. But now a real conversation begins. And maybe that takes you on the road until that third person comes in. Now you invite them in. Now you have a friend. The third person arrives. And then you're able to welcome them again. Control. Yeah. Right. So that is something that most folks don't take advantage of is the the obvious, com- the, the obvious. So if it's uncomfortable, if it's awkward, if it's like, I got to be honest, I'm sorry, I'm kind of an introvert. So these virtual is kind of awkward for me. I'm an introvert, too. Really? Like since I was boom. Now the conversation begins because we're calling attention to who we are, how we are. And then it gives a person an opportunity to connect. Yes. Okay. I hope that makes sense. It does. I am taking lots of mental notes. And when I listen to this back, I will be taking actual notes so (laughs) that I can execute properly. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, Really quick. And even as let's say, and being comfortable there, there are times where I am not, I'd like to be even more confident, but I treat it literally like a game. I I treat it like a game. Like now it's all right. It's go time. This person, I got it. I got to make this happen. Three, two, one. And I, I go for it. It's me casting a touchdown or spiking or whatever it is, right? Or getting the ace in tennis or whatever the sport is or scoring a goal that it's that moment where it's deciding like, all right, what's most important to you? And I think sometimes our pride and ego get in the way 
of what the ultimate goal is, right? So if I'm, if, if I've asked a hundred people for business this week and, and 99 say no, or hundred say no, like that one yes still feels better than the hundred no's. And so just getting over like, you know, there, people are going to think something anyway. That is what we know to be true. And again, I, I bring up social media, but just, I, I think that weighs on us a little bit because we're, we're kind of equipped to be able to deal with what our immediate circle will think of us, right? So like family, friends, we know how they feel about us. Are we equipped to deal with what thousands or hundreds of people think of us? Maybe not so much. So it's that invisible weight <laughs> that we're also bearing that we don't even realize we're bearing. So I, I try to shed that too along the way. Mm, so are you saying that you might not always feel 100% confident, but you still get in there anyway and work the system that you know to be true to work? I, 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 I very gracefully and graciously admit to that a thousand percent. I'm hardly always as confident and sure of myself as I'd like to be for real. But yeah, it's really push through really really intentionally push through. It's difficult sometimes though. It it is. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. You know, the more people that I talk to, I find that to be true. I think we look at other people and feel like, Oh, he or she would never feel how I'm feeling. Like, you know, there are people out here that are just always on and it's not me. So I'm, I'm not going to participate, but in actuality, all of us are pushing through something. Yeah, that's, that's, and if nothing else, that is what I, uh, that's the advice I give folks, let's say who are single or looking for me, who don't know how to approach that person, don't know how to approach that business. Like everyone has insecurities. Some people are just better at hiding it than others. We have to get, be better at understanding that. We are all human, all experiencing the same stuff. And I think the better we do that, the more you understand it's, it's like a superpower being willing to push past. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So I heard you say in an interview that um, I watched that you had to learn how to get comfortable in your own skin. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about what that journey has been like and kind of, you know, bestow some advice on those that might be on that journey too? Yeah, for sure. You know, for me, and it's funny, folks that I went to college with like, man, so you were always really confident. And it's tough. I, I mean, I really played the role much better, you know, than I, I, I won't say I was ever faking it, but I was just always trying because from elementary school to present day, I went through this period was like I wasn't black enough for my black friends. And I share this in keynotes for sure, too, in certain interviews. I wasn't black enough for my black friends. I was too black for my white friends. And I say, because there's always this moment where you realize you're different, right? It's like, even for black folks, like there are moments where it's like, oh, we're different. And certainly for white friends or friends of different cultures, races, and socioeconomic backgrounds, like, oh, we're different. Like when I learned how to speak Spanish, it's like, oh, so you're not even proud of being black. It was like, literally could not win no matter how much I was trying to impress or learn. And uh, I really had to, it sounds corny, right, or cliche to look within. And the more comfortable I got with, let's say, building my skill sets and who I was trying to be, the more confident I'd become because I wasn't trying to prove anyone wrong. I was just trying to, you know, prove me right. And that became powerful. I think in part it uh, saved my life. It opened me up to 
things I enjoy doing today. Like I love Latin dancing or salsa dancing. It, it opened me up to that world and creating, again, a new skill set uh, and, and helped me, again, be more open to people, right? And talking and meeting. And folks have to understand that the, the basics of what they love or, or what we enjoy doing will give us confidence to then do those things that we would really enjoy doing, talking to those people we'd really enjoy talking to. So it's if if you're, you know, Oprah, you know what I'm saying, as, as you are here in your most comfortable, like really being intentional about knowing your power on this platform that you have and then transferring that power into everywhere else. That's what I've been better about doing. I don't have to be great at everything, but I'm getting, I'm more confident now where I can be in a place where I'm not as confident, where, where I'm not the mainstay, right? And still hold my own and let somebody else have the stage. And I think that helps. And that endears you to people, right? If you're someplace and you know you're not the best, like, yo, like, give them shine. Pour, like, pour all on them. They're, look, do you see this? I think a lot of folks are afraid to do that, but there's more than enough to go around. Yeah. Love that. It's amazing. So you gave us some things we should do if we're having quote unquote small talk or trying to engage other people. What would you say are some things not to do or not to say? <laughs> know your audience. This is a, it sounds simple, but a lot of folks just don't pay attention. Well, a lot of folks feel like they don't have to. I always use this example. I was at a conference and this dude was, uh, he, he was speaking and he spoke down on folks that attended community college, right? It was a, 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 an event with college students. And he was just talking about pretty much that community college students were dumb, not knowing that 80% of the audience was students who were from community college. Wow. Yo, bro, you didn't do your homework at all. So you deserve these booze right now. Like you, you deserve it. There's nothing else because you don't know your audience, let alone what you're saying is just untrue. He tried to say, well, no, 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 I went to a community college, right? It would have made more sense. Had you even led all of that with you attending community college and then maybe calling yourself dumb, right? Or whatever, self-deprecating humor, whatever. But that is one thing I will say is understand your audience before you attempt to speak on them. Mm. And the other thing is, yeah, uh, we all know what assuming is. So a do would just be, be willing to ask questions before you give your statement. 9.9 out of 10 times leading with, who you, what you think to be true is just a mistake when we're building relationships. It just is, right? Uh, so in, in being humble and asking folks more questions, I think is super key. And I let folks know in any powerful conversation or any uh, conversation where you want to have influence or gain influence, be willing to ask a follow-up question no matter what the person says. Follow-up question before you give an answer Follow-up question, just um, my don't would be just don't start talking. Definitely ask a follow-up question. Absolutely. Love that. So um, this is something that I have found as a speaker, particularly as an introvert speaker. So, you know, anytime you're communicating, there are like three components. There's me as a speaker, there's the message, and then there's your audience, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have found that as an introvert, I have to reprioritize the pieces. So in normal life, I'm like, well, I don't want to do it. I don't want to speak up. I don't want to all the things, right? 
But if yeah. you're going to be a good communicator, it means that you're going to reprioritize maybe what's, you know, organic to you and really be focused on the message and really be focused on the people that you're you're interacting with as, as in you're showing up to serve them versus thinking about what I'm going to get or how I'm going to feel. Yeah. So can you speak to the value of even when we're talking about, quote unquote, small talk or just interacting with folks, having the mindset of I'm going to add value or I'm going to contribute as opposed to how it's going to affect me or maybe deplete me or, you know, all that sort of thing. Well, you just said that the word value is is amazing. A lot of folks don't think about you know, how can I, how can I be valuable to this company? Again, as AI, artificial intelligence become, it leans harder, this pandemic and things being automated. The folks who are sticking around are the folks that are, that add value. Even the folks who are employed, are you easy to be around, right? Are you valuable? I can teach you what to do, but are you, are you, are you valuable? Are you willing to add value? That's number one. The other part as a presenter, even in conversations, and, and I coach this, like be able to do these three things, be able to, and entertain, able to educate and engage. Those things are engage, educate, entertain. In any order, sometimes it kind of depends on the flow, but if you can do those three things in a conversation, I think you can uh, give the perfect presentation, you can give the perfect interaction just in moments, and also understanding like, what, it, what does it mean? Obviously, engaging means there, there's eye contact, there's that follow-up question, that's engagement, because most people just start talking, right? pull people in. The entertainment piece isn't just about, oh, can I sing? Can I dance? No, 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 no. Sometimes entertainment is just having a knowledge base that someone else may not be familiar with, right? So if I'm talking to someone who, who's never salsa dance before or never spoken Spanish before, well, guess what becomes entertaining to them? The notion that I can, right? And, just, and so just offering that is information because if I offer that as information to conversation, then some engagement happens, right? Now they're doing some of the work because I pre- presented some entertainment value. And then the educate piece, like, well, you know, did you know that, right? Having some piece of information that maybe others may not be privy to. And if they know, well, tell me more. I'll, I'll say that to folks in a moment. Because again, it's about controlling the conversation and it's perceived control, right? For someone to go, oh, you can ask me, I get to talk, Mark. When really, I, I I set you up for the win. Like, this is how I want the conversation to go because then we both win. And I think if folks are willing to put, again, that system, regarding, regardless of how you feel, if you can educate, entertain, and engage, you'll win every conversation. Mm, that's so valuable. So valuable. Thank you for showing, sharing that. So let us know how we can work with you, what you have going uh, on, what's coming down the pipeline. Thank you for that. You know, uh, so I'm uh, delivering a masterclass next Thursday, the 29th, Virtualize Your Enterprise, essentially how to create more virtual engagement and, you know, launch business into the next stratosphere. So that is, uh, if you go to virtualizeyourenterprise.com, it's literally just going to take you directly to a Zoom where you will register. I want to make it really easy. And for business owners out there, I always give this advice like, Make it easy for people to get to know you. Make it easy for people to pay you. Like sometimes, especially when people get started, it's like, you know, I have to click here. I have to add an email here. I have to do that. I have to jump through a lot of hoops just to be able to join you. So this is one of those situations where if you just go to virtualizeyourenterprise.com, you register easy peasy, you'll get a message from me. And then I'll see you on Thursday. Aside from that, my website is stanpearson.com. 
And my social media is at the real Stan P. That's in case someday somebody wants to be the fake one. And I always let folks know again, it's all at the real Stan P. I think Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff is the same. Again, on the same wavelength, like communicating and making it easy for people to find you, just streamlining stuff. Sometimes I want cute names and be real creative, but creativity can be the enemy of success. Simplicity sells. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, I have definitely learned a ton. So, sir, you are welcome back here anytime. Truly. Thank you. That means a, a lot. Just let me know. I really appreciate your time and your platform and you're rocking it. So thank you for today. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Confident Speaker Podcast. If you found this content valuable, make sure you subscribe and leave a review to help others join the Confident Speaker family. Thanks again and see you next time.